Look, I get it. I use excuses too. I give myself all sorts of reasons not to try and get after it, not to try and stay fit. Everything I tell myself in my head is invalid. And my guests today are going to help us find ways around those thoughts in our head. You are a warrior. You are the very best your nation has to offer. They're asking you to lead. We need a bearcat. It's up to us. So 133, I need somebody that's got a visual of where the shooter is. You must be sound in mind, body, and spirit. Where's the officer down? I have a rescue helicopter that wants to land and help. This is the podcast that will make you the one. running eastbound. The one that will bring everyone back. Probably we have shot fired, shot fired. Give me back up now. Because no one else is coming. We're going to have an officer shot. An officer shot. 100 block of East Street. Suspect is down. Suspect is down. This is The Squad Room. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Squad Room, the podcast that is about navigating the challenging terrain of our demanding careers as law enforcement professionals. My name is Garrett Tesla, and I'm an active duty sergeant for a sheriff's office in Southern California, and I'm here to help you learn tactics and strategies for taking care of yourself, your family, and your community. If this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for stopping by to check us out, and I encourage you to do two things. First is, if you like the episode today, don't forget to subscribe to the show on the player of your choice. But also, second, go back and check out some of the other amazing guests we've had, like Kelly Sturette on episode 81, or undercover ATF agent Jay Dobbins on episode 75, or L- Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman on episode 62, or even former DEA agent and CrossFit OG Greg Amundsen on episodes 3 and 49. They're, uh, they're excellent uh, and informative uh, episodes, if I do say so. Now, before we get to the interview, I also want to remind you that you can get more information on this episode, including the show notes and some links to what our guests are talking about by going to thesquadroom.net. And like I said, subscribe and follow uh, the show on Instagram and Twitter at The Squad Room. Also want to give a quick shout out to Ranger Up Clothing and RangerUp.com. Ranger Up is partnered with The Squad Room and they are super supportive of the law enforcement professionals out there and all first responders. And they want to offer a code uh, uh, using the code The Squad Room, all one word, to and get 10% off your order. And then follow them on social media at uh, Ranger Up and let them know that you appreciate their support of our show. All right, my guests today are Julian and Miranda Alcarez of Street Parking. What is street parking? We'll explain that in the episode. But in short, if you're like me and you're looking for effective and efficient workouts, and you're uh, maybe you don't, maybe you're not part of a CrossFit gym or you have a home gym, and it's really designed for home gym or uh, traditional gym people who want to do functional fitness uh, workouts. This is going to be a great episode. But in general, we talk about a lot of things that we all deal with, even if you're not into CrossFit. Even if you're not into functional fitness or working out at home, we talk about how we deal with excuses and how we manage our expectations and how we need to adjust our edu- our expectations and and give ourselves a little um, sympathy sometimes when it comes to dealing with the stressors we have in the job and then trying to maintain our physical fitness and our mindset <clears throat> as we go through our careers and our families and things pop up. Uh, Julian and Miranda. Julian uh, or Miranda, I've been following for several years uh, due to her work at CrossFit HQ. She was on the uh, CrossFit media team there for quite some time and um, has been on the air. Uh, you may know her by her previous last name of Miranda Oldroyd, if that rings a bell for anyone uh, who follows CrossFit. But she and Julian have, um, have really created an amazing community here. They are super supportive of law enforcement professionals. I've been a member of street parking for about 18 months and I absolutely love it. Uh, they aren't sponsors of the show. Uh, they didn't pay to come on or anything like that. I just, my, my goal in this show of course is to just to use myself as a test, uh, test cra- crash test dummy for things that we can use in our lives. And this to me, street parking has been incredibly, uh, phenomenal when it comes to, uh, working out and, and, and all those things for me, the challenges of working out are, uh, if I go to a traditional gym and this is why I like CrossFit, what do I do? How do I do it? Where do I do it? And when do I do it? And, uh, one of the things that drew me to CrossFit was 
you walked into a CrossFit box, a gym, and you did what was on the board and you turned around and walked out. And what street parking does, they take that same concept, but then they adjust the workouts based on different types of equipment or what you may or may not have at your disposal. And I even say in the episode, I travel a lot for work right now, and I'm even able to get in good uh, street parking workouts in a hotel gym. And if you can get a good workout in and uh, the kind of, if you travel, you know how crappy hotel gyms can be. Uh, if they're able to create workouts that you can do in a, ho- in a hotel gym, then they're onto something. They've built this amazing community. They are the most, they are the sweetest people. They truly are. They were so nice. Miranda, we had to cancel several times, uh, a couple for her, a couple for me, and she was always on top of it trying to get us rescheduled for our time today. So I uh, can't say enough nice things about them and the program that they have. I truly do endorse it for you. So check them out at streetparking.com. But listen to this episode because it's not just about CrossFit. It's not just about working out at home. It's not just for that kind of athlete. It's just for all of us who are struggling to find the best way forward. And that's really what we're trying to do, right? All right. So here we are with Julian and Miranda. Miranda and Julian, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. You both, uh, this is, you have the, uh, I'm going to say honor because it's my show. So it's the honor of being my first dual guest. Uh, Le- <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, and as now fellow podcasters yourself, so I'm sure, you know, you can appreciate firsts anytime you have a first during your show. So we'll get to talking about your podcast in a little bit, but uh, you are both the founders, uh, the head. Uh, I don't know what you're, if you have, do you give yourselves official titles, but you are the founders of street parking. And let's start with that. I, I think like legally we have titles, uh, but um, they don't even make sense. No, oh, we so don't I'm really sorry. know. Yeah, sure. Just put us here on the paperwork here and here and there. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, because we, we have a corporation now. Um, but no, yeah, we both are the founders slash stumblers upon um, street parking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, give people the idea of what street parking is, and then we'll talk about where the idea and the name came from. So um, it's it's evolved a lot, but as of right now, street parking is a fitness community and program um, for those who don't have time um, desire or the funds to make it to a regular facility. So the, the clue to some of your programming is, I guess, in the name in street parking, but it's really designed as like an at home program. And, but when people think, I, when I think at home, I think like, like, like beach body, you know, or those kinds of video programs. So explain the difference between why you're not beach body and why, what is, how does street parking, how is that different? Yeah, so both of us come from a CrossFit background. Um, I was a trainer even before CrossFit as well, but I've, um, that's what I've been doing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started, both of us were very busy in our own lives before street parking was a thing. I traveled a lot. I've always traveled a lot for work and he had an, uh, a meal prep business. And so there was a lot of time spent in hotel gym, you know, gyms with limited equipment or him. He was training at home a lot with, um, he had some equipment, but not nearly as much as a regular gym. Mm -hmm. And um, what we noticed is that when we would post workouts like that on our social media, that people would really latch onto them. And and they were still um, with dumbbells and things like that. So when you're thinking of like beach body and like follow along, it's it's still a written workout that you do on your own and and with functional movements, thrusters, squatting, uh, deadlifts, that kind of thing. but what we do with street parking is we modify it for the equipment that you have. So we do three versions of the workout, actually four versions of the workout right. now every day. Um, one where, hey, if all you have access to is a set of dumbbells, maybe you're traveling or maybe that's all you have room for at your house or can afford, then there's a version of the workout for that. If you've got a little bit more, maybe you've invested in a barbell and plates, um, but you don't have like, you know, a fully decked out garage gym, then there's a version for that person. And then we always include a version for people who do have access to a full gym or who have spent the money to deck out their garage gym. And then the fourth version is our super beginner version. Um, so we started seeing more and more people that wanted to try the program, but had no background in these movements at all, or had been set a simpler version. And so the, the shift workouts are that. You know, it's the travel thing too. I've recently transferred assignments and I'm now, uh, I've been traveling a lot for work and then some family stuff. And I've, and for the audience too, I've been a member of street parking for uh, probably about at least a year, probably longer. And, um, so 
a little disclaimer, I am I am totally in and bought in on the programs and the methodology and how you guys structure it. Uh, but also, this is me purely being passionate about what you guys are doing, and and there's no um, what am I trying to say? There's there's no kickback here <laughs> for for everyone to understand, <laughs> right? This is just because I found this to be effective, and one of the things I found effective, you just touched on, was in the hotel gyms. Uh, it takes away the excuses of not having. You, you you can almost always find something in a hotel gym that to match a, a street parking workout. And mm-hmm. uh, I've spent some time to building out my home gym, and often found myself falling into that excuse that I didn't have the same equipment that the box down the street does, and so I would lag, you know. But once I joined street parking, and you scaled these different. That's not well. It's not scaling. It's different versions of the same workout based on equipment. And, you know, I have like adjustable dumbbells and I have a barbell and I actually probably have more equipment in my rinky dink little home gym than, than I ever need to be effective in my own workouts. Uh, but my point of the, I guess the hotel gym thing is I'm curious because you're both such models of fitness and health for the community that you lead. Has there ever been times in your own life where, uh, you were, you were making up or believing kinds of excuses we tell ourselves sometimes, uh, to, not be engaged in our fitness or have you both always been driven towards fitness? I mean, I'm going through that right now. Yeah. Julian um, has found out that he actually has a pretty severe, I don't know if, I don't know if injury is the word condition maybe, cause it wasn't like an acute injury, but from the time that he was competing and lifting heavy and, and doing all that stuff, he's got some uh, back issue that he was recently diagnosed with. that has mm. been bothering him for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he's kind of going through that right now where he could easily, kind of fall victim to the excuses of like, Oh, I can't do exactly what the program's giving me to do. I can't work out. I'm feeling really tight. I'm feeling this. Uh, it's discouraging because I have to modify a lot, mm-hmm. even our own workouts. Um, <clears throat> but just seeing, because it's tough, right? I pretty much your spine has discs, you know, to protect it. And towards the bottom, um, it's the very bottom one. The very bottom. I have no disc anymore. Hmm. So it's just making it, uh, it's extremely painful for me to just go about my day in general. Um, I wake up feeling extremely tight and sore. Um, you know, and I just found that I, I can't really lift heavy anymore. I mean, I can. It's just the risk of doing so is not a big reward. It's just like, for what? Like, why am I doing this? So I have to kind of scale and modify a lot of these workouts now um, just so to make sure that I don't end up feeling even more sore uh, throughout the day or in, in like in an uncomfortable position. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of going through that right now where easily I could just kind of fall off the horse and being like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. It hurts, you know, but there's always a way to continue moving and doing something. And because we preach about it so much and seeing the members you know, uh, adopt that and, and, you know, showing it on the community page for the Facebook, like, you're just like, all right, you know, there's no, just keep doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, adjust and keep modifying because at the end of the day, it's a lot continuing to stay healthy. So I think, um, for me too, uh, like you said, we're trying to eliminate those excuses for people as much as possible. Um, and I've, I've done a couple posts where I've mentioned like your excuses are real. Like it's a real thing. You really are tired and you really are, um, do have a stressful life or your kid really isn't sleeping through the night or you really do have these like injuries from college football or, you know, for, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you gotta just keep moving. So a question that I get a lot is, what, what, what do you eat? What's your nutrition like? What do you, what's your diet like? I want to look like you or whatever. And, my message that I'm really trying to push right now is it's it's not an exact diet or an exact workout necessarily. It's consistency. And if having equipment at home allows you two more workouts a week, um, even if they don't seem as fancy or you're not, you know, in a gym for an hour, if you find that consistency, the results are so much better, even if you're modifying and even if it's, you know, a shorter workout, the consistency is what people are lacking. And it's the... um Instead of telling them what workout program I follow, I like to tell them how long I've been consistent for. Mm. <laughs> they get the idea that that's what they need to, their goal needs to be to find something that allows them to be consistent. And you do a lot of that with the programming and the, 
the the kind of prizes and stuff that you emphasize with the group in terms you're, they're all consistency based not uh you know really pr based stuff exactly oh, no. it's not performance based no yeah so you know Julian, i think any cop will relate to the idea of back problems i mean we've all we all have horrible back problems from the 30 pounds of gear that we carry around most oh, of it man. on our yeah. waist and um so any one of us can relate to that and uh, i mean the slip discs and hernias and i mean herniated discs there's so many cops that mm -hmm. experience that and you know i think it's interesting that you're emphasizing just doing something you know and yep. the, the theme of our show is you know just one day stronger just just try and be better than yesterday in in some measurable way it doesn't have to be necessarily your fitness but it could be your mindset your leadership or your uh, relationships that sort of thing but you know they're and I think this comes with age too, but having a little patience and grace with yourself seems to be important in that too. What are the things that you have done, either of you, to navigate some of those changes and 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 give yourself a little patience and a little understanding? Um, you know, well, one communication, and you know, me and Miranda have had a lot of talks recently because she's like been concerned because she knows like my attitude is a little has been affected just because like I do wake up feeling uncomfortable and going from like almost like being seen as an elite athlete to now I know I can't physically push to my ability where I'm at now because I'm being cautious. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to make it worse. Right. Cause I'm like, I'm going for the long run here. I'm not going for, you know, PR crazy intensive workout every single time, you know, like I have to be more realistic now. So it's affected my mood for sure. Um, but um, I would say just having conversations with her about all these things and just uh, kind of lets me kind of vent and get it out. That's kind of helped me through it. And then, of course, just understanding that luckily I have the experience necessary to be able to modify and adapt workouts that are still really good and follow the template that we've provided, you know. So I still get a really, really good workout. And, you know, and I'm happy with that. And And the thing is, like, and that's why we try to like educate our members, our members with as much of this info as possible and continue to relate with them because it's like, hey, listen, guys, I'm going through this now. So we've been in talks with like our media guy about capturing this whole process of the next four months going to see a Cairo slash strengthening my core and my glutes um, because it's something that, you know, a lot of people are going through, you know, and so and just being and it's going to be the boring stuff. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the boring stuff. It's going to be, oh, I can't go from the floor anymore. I have to go hand cleans. I have to use dumbbells all the time. I have to do regular back squats. I can't do this or this or that. I can't lift heavy. So you just kind of get stuck with a very limited thing, very limited movements, obviously. But the beauty of it is obviously the amount of combinations that we can create in our head to make it not seem so routine. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, just, again, reminding myself that, you know, um, this is what it's all about, the long run, right? Um, seeing the greater reward as to, look, you're kind of rehabbing yourself right now. Go through this process um, because, I mean, there was the same process that it would took for us to start from even being a, a regular day-to-day -day athlete to uh, a games athlete, right? Like, I mean, that took like four or five years. You know, now, you know, I just uh, – so grand in the big picture, four, six – eight months doesn't seem so long of a recovery yeah. as long as I'm, you know, continuing to stay consistent with my workouts. So I think too, um, whether it's uh, an injury, like a back injury or a knee or shoulder or whatever, um, or whether it's your life that's making it difficult for you to lose weight or work out or eat right or whatever. Um, I have, I've feel lucky now that I have had the injuries that I've had in the past. Um, because you, you know, for him, his back is hurt the whole time that I've known him, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until he, he got diagnosed with something that was worse than he thought it was, um, which was only like a couple weeks ago now, mm -hmm. um, that he's realized, oh wait, this is like, this is my reality. This is not like some tight muscles that I can just roll it out and stretch it out. Like, and same thing when I hurt my neck or when I hurt my knee, it's, there's a moment where this is reality. And then it's the decisions that people make from there. Like. The fact that his he has no disc, that's not going to change. It's just how he's going to react to it, right? Um, and when I have been injured, same thing. Um, I also got the opportunity to work with a, 
a um, adaptive athlete, a guy who was paralyzed from the waist down. I, I was his trainer for like a year. And that really gave me this, everyone can do something. It's just what they're willing to, how they're seeing their reality and how they're seeing what's possible. Um, and then you probably know the street parking community. If you go on that, if you go on that Facebook page, I don't care what your reason in your mind is that you think that you can't work out, start scrolling through there and you'll see people with no equipment trying to modify the workouts in their bedroom next to their bed at 11 o'clock at night. And you're like, okay, this can be done. It's, it's my perception of what I can do that needs to change that I can do something. Mm -hmm. Um, so for him, yeah, it's like, this is my reality. What am I, what am I going to do about it? Am I going to stew about it? Am I going to not, am I going to make it worse by continuing to train that I way that I was, or am I going to try to fix it and, but keep moving. So, um, yeah. Do you, anything just taking ahead. me back to basics? Yeah. It's just taking me back to basics, yeah. which I actually can appreciate. I'm actually starting to like, you know, not be so stubborn and going through like proper, proper warm up <laughs> routines with like, uh, the crossover symmetry hip halo, like, looking at their list of things to like do core and glute activation, things that we choose to neglect, right? Like who wants to do like an ab workout? They suck. They hurt. And you're just like, God, why do I, you know, but I'd rather do Fran over doing like a freaking core exercise routine, like, ugh, you know, um, and same thing for the glutes, right? Like leg glute workouts freaking hurt and they suck, right? Like, um, but it's just kind of allowed me to jump into it and then get into a point where like I'm actually enjoying it now, knowing that there's a greater reward. It's going to make me so much better coming out of this injury, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, so. Do you find that in that process of being an elite athlete and then developing a program like this that you've overcomplicated it for yourself then at times? You, at 100% because even, even back when I was like competing competitively, I would be almost embarrassed to work out from home. Because it's like, I don't have all the equipment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and this was like before. This is before street parking. I, yeah, before street parking, before I even met her. I was like, man, I can't make it to the gym today. Uh, it just means I can't work out now, right? Like, but what if the future self would have, you know, would have been there and be like, you're ridiculous, right? Because <laughs> some of the best workouts I've gotten have been at home. And mm-hmm. even the workouts that I do now have been the best workouts I've ever gotten because I'm able to leave it all out there and just get it done. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just for a lot of the uh, the day to day people, we don't need a lot of the extra fancy stuff that's at the gym. Like, I think it's been one of the reasons that we've been successful is because we are living uh, the same lifestyle as our clients uh, or our members. Um, so, yeah, we we've called street parking. Um, uh, CrossFit Games athlete rehab, <laughs> yeah. where it's like just just don't start the timer. Like no one cares what your score is. You're not. There's no prizes for scores. Mm-hmm. Um, the workouts are simple. It's only one a day. Like just calm down. You need 30 minutes. That's it. Um, and there's been plenty of times where it's hard for us, and we feel like we need to do more. Or we should be doing more. Um, I obviously I was pregnant for the first nine months of street parking, so that was tough to have to modify and change everything, but. Um, making sure that we show all of that to our members. Yeah. And then obviously when you have a new baby, it's almost harder than when you're pregnant because you're just so exhausted and, and then the injuries and mm-hmm. running a business and just being busy. So, um, we are the same as the members, um, just with a little bit, you know, a lot of experience in creating workouts. And so we know what we need and yeah. what's good for us is good for you guys. And we're over here testing it to make sure that it's, it's good to I, go. I think that one of the things that I've realized as well by working out less is it's made me more aware of also things outside of the gym, especially like my nutrition, hmm. time management. Yes. Right. Because the thing is, take take nutrition and fitness. Right. There's people that will work out all day. That, this used to this be used him. to be me. We'll work out multiple multiple hours, but they won't change up their nutrition. But what happens if you get put in a position where you get injured? And then you don't, you all of a sudden a life change, whether it be work, injury, something mm-hmm. doesn't allow you to be at the gym all day. And then you're working out like 20 minutes, but you're still eating the same as you were when you were working out four or five hours a day where your body was able to kind of burn it off. Mm-hmm. I guess if you want to say, Oh my gosh, good luck. There, here comes, here comes the weight, you know, like, 
So one of the things that I've actually cleaned up my eating a lot, it's like an 80-20 balance now. Mm -hmm. Like there's certain things that I enjoy on my day-to-day basis. Like I'll put cheese in my meals, like, you know, a small amount of cheese. And I'll have like um, what pizza once a week. We stay consistent with that just because it like gives us life after yeah. like a long workout. Or even in general, like I'll put half and half in my coffee. Because there's days where I, I will drink black coffee, but then there's days where like I just want something comforting. But it makes me aware of, look, these are your things that you're going to allow yourself to do. Don't let yourself go overboard and be like, oh, I'm going to be a foodie. I'm going to eat crappy. I'm going to eat pizza every day where I'm craving pizza. Like It's allowed me the discipline in my nutrition as well um, now that we only work out and stay true to like we're gonna we're gonna work out for one the, the street parking workout for the day and that's it we got to get back to spending time with our son uh with each other the business everything so uh watch, watching nutrition has been a big part of uh this change for me as well actually it's been funny for me because um with all that we have going on outside of our own workouts like running the business and each other and and Knox, our child um if i still had the idea that i needed an hour plus uh, a day to train, my consistency would be really bad. It's actually shocking to me now, like seeing this real world side of it, because when we were training before, that's all we did. I mean, I worked on the weekends for CrossFit, but our job was to work out, mm -hmm. you know, all day. Um, I don't know how so many people actually do make that. Happen. I know, yeah, it's crazy, yeah. <laughs> like how these, um, gyms everywhere have so many people in them. Cause I don't know how these people are finding time to make it there that have all that stuff going on. It's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting to tie that to, I think, I, to my own experience within the last just couple of months, because uh, I was certainly not working out all day long, but I was on patrol. And like we mentioned, the, the weight, you know, and, and I, we wear, uh, my department, we wear exterior load bearing vests, which is basically the same as a weight vest, uh, you know, that you would use in like a Murph or something like that. Not quite as heavy, but it's about 25 pounds. Anyway, I'm in a very active station. I'm moving around. I'm in and out of the car. I'm up and down the stairs for 12 hour shifts and uh doing my street parking on my days off and then uh recently transitioned to a desk job where i'm in yeah. investigations and it's funny because i had the exact same experience uh you were talking about just now of uh didn't change my dieting or nutrition to match the fact that what what i should have known was coming was i no longer carried that weight around i wasn't being active and moving i was sitting behind a desk and all of a sudden that weight came on quick yeah. <laughs> quick yeah. <laughs> yeah. and and it took me a minute to really you know kind of deconstructing what was occurring and there hadn't been any change like, well i'm not eating any differently like mm -hmm. oh wait i'm not moving nearly as much as i was yep. and i'm now you know, way more static than i ever have been uh so that over the, just over the last month has been a challenge for me to really focus on those things now you know because i think you'll probably agree um the nutrition part is not fun for me that's not the, the meal prep is not i mean you ran a meal prep business so maybe it was fun for you but it's certainly not fun for me to plan meals uh, i'd much yeah. rather go work out and you know release all those endorphins and all that absolutely absolutely um so you know randy you mentioned that you you also came from you're working at crossfit hq and you were there during a time when i mean talk about a rocket ship of explosion of growth and development from at least from the outside perspective of you know these boxes just going on everywhere around the country and now to being an entrepreneur um i'm curious uh this is probably not a cop question it's more like a business question but what what have you learned from that experience and now into your program that is now really growing at a at a fantastic rate um so I mean, I feel lucky to just have lived in that area because I don't know that it was all necessarily um, just seeing the growth of CrossFit. So I moved to uh, Santa Cruz in 2011. Um, I opened when I opened my CrossFit gym because I had a CrossFit gym in Salt Lake City from 2008 to 2011. I think uh, it was around CrossFit gym number 200 and somewhere between 200 to 250. Um, and now there's what, like 10,000 plus. Right. Something crazy. So, uh, yeah, when I moved to Santa Cruz, I just feel lucky to have, I mean, the Silicon Valley, we were actually just watching a documentary about a Silicon Valley business that was not, not so great <laughs> um, the other day. But, um, I mean, that whole area is just full of people, entrepreneurs and startups and everything. So 
I got to be in contact with a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, seeing the growth of CrossFit and just one thing that I can take away from the business side of it is, uh, that they weren't afraid to like try new things or th- they turned themselves into a media company, which is essentially kind of what we have to do with how much content we're producing all the time to give you guys the demos and do the, um, movement library and the newsletters and all that stuff. Like it's a lot of content production more than because you can have a great message, but if people aren't seeing it, then then it doesn't really matter. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I definitely learned a lot about that from them. And then, uh, you know, one of the guys that works here and was one of our main guys is somebody that was at NorCal CrossFit, um, that I met there and he was helped Jason to grow his business there, which he has multiple gyms all over the world. So, yeah, that's it. I just think, um, I don't think that I even realized we were so, and, and I think this is how street parking is now. We were so busy that you didn't even like poke your head up to see what was going on. And I sometimes feel like that's how we are here now. We're just kind of like in our own little world over here. Yeah. That's why we kind of moved to Washington, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Cause being in Irvine, Orange County, LA, it's like fitness driven, you know, all the gimmicky fitness things all around, like, saturated with crossfit gyms we're just like look like we just um it was very it was a good peaceful move for us to be kept like focused and in our zone and be in a position where like we felt really comfortable uh raising our family and start you know yeah staying focused pretty much i can't i can see though because when i um started crossfit when i uh opened my affiliate there had only been one season of the crossfit games and it was not a season it was a barbecue at the Castro ranch and there was like 50 people there. Um, and that was in 2007. So what I can see is how they did, um, put a lot of emphasis on the games and competing. And I know that's something they're trying to battle with now to try to like take back that it is for regular people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that taught us for street parking, a huge lesson to never make it about that because Mm -hmm. we, we never want that to happen where it becomes about performance or, uh, people have asked us, are you guys going to have any like street parking throwdowns? And we're like, absolutely not. We'll have meetups where we all work out together and hang out, but it's never going to be about who's the fittest, who's got the best scores, who's, you know, um, because that that's motivating to a certain point, but it's demotivating to a lot of people too. So intimidating, um, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you don't feel like you're always crushing it every day, like you're going to be like really bummed out and you're like, well, I'm not making any progress. So yeah. I'm just going to not do it. You know, like, and that's part of it too, that people don't understand that even as a competitive athletes, they, a lot of their training is kind of not the greatest, you know, it's mm-hmm. like miserable, it's sad, it's lonely, it's, uh, you know, for the majority of them, mm-hmm. I know you guys had a really good time, but that was, you guys were around good people and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, there's a lot of, uh, disappointment and stuff like that. And as a competitive athlete, it, it's like a big part that you train as well, your mindset, but for the everyday person, that shouldn't be their focus. You know, you should, you know, you should be happy that you made progress every day, step by step, you know, and well, and then it seeped, I feel that it seeps down into a lot of the gyms too, where people were comparing scores with each other and calling each other out for cheating. And like, and I don't know if you've seen our our Facebook page, we've made it very clear that like, we don't call people out for cheating. Like if they cheated, that's on them. No one cares. It doesn't, there's no prize. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a solid, there's a solid chance that people just enter their score wrong on accident or counted wrong on accident. And we realize that there's a lot of members. So the whole point of the log book is just to keep track for yourself in case we repeat the workout and to give you guys an idea of how everybody else did um, as a whole, not to pick out individuals mm-hmm. and try to like beat them or anything like that. So <laughs> that was actually what ended up causing me to leave my gym. My CrossFit gym was they shifted to an emphasis towards getting people ready for regionals. And the attitude in there, the attitude change was like palpable, (laughs) you know, and it went from community and engagement and encouraging people to, well, if you're higher up on the leaderboard than me, then maybe you've got a better chance. And trust me, I was never in the conversation about regionals, but it was like, I just, it wasn't, it was no longer that aspect of it that I loved. Yeah. Um, You know, we've had a bunch of CrossFit OGs on uh, this show, Freddie Camacho and James Fitzgerald, Greg Amundsen, John Wellborn, Andy Stumpf, uh, Diane Urban, you know. They all have a, a pretty entertaining story about their first CrossFit workout or their their introduction to it. Do either of you have have one like that? 
I definitely do. So I was a personal trainer. Um, this is in 2007. So I was already a trainer. I had been in the fitness industry for a while already. Um, and I was bored with, with a lot of it, to be honest. Um, so I started Google searching like military training because that sounds badass, right? Like that's going to be cool. My clients are going to love that. So military training. Um, and I came across the CrossFit website because there was no, nobody knew what it was and there was no Instagram and there was no, none of, none of that. So I just found the workouts and I had the same reaction that most people still have to this day. And they're like, this can't be enough. It's one workout a day. Like I was used to Globo gym, like back and buys, chest and tries, you know, the whole separating body parts and you do cardio on, you know, other days and all that. Um, so, but I decided if I was going to really make an assessment, if it worked, I could only do that. So I couldn't do that and my regular training. Cause then it's like, well, who knows if it's that that's working or if it's your regular workout. So I decided for a month that I was going to do crossfit.com workout of the day only. Um, and I sent like an email to all my other friends who were trainers telling them about this like research project I was going to do. Um, and the very, and I was like, I'm starting on Monday, whatever it is, I'm going to do it. And I, it was four by 400 meter run. And that is it. <laughs> and, uh, I did it on the treadmill at um, a goals gym and just completely wrecked myself. I probably looked insane because it, the instructions basically said to go all out every single time and rest two minutes in between or whatever. And then I left, I left the gym. And, and then the next day, um, one of the first workouts was like the filthy 50, but I mean, I was, I, I had been a trainer. I competed in like, um, a bodybuilding type. Uh, it was a fitness category show and had done well. So I, you know, felt like I was pretty fit, but these, though, it wrecked me completely. And, um, I couldn't believe it. And I don't, that was it that my 30 days turned into, you know, where we are now. So. <laughs> you know, um, go, go ahead. No, no. Do you remember yours? Um, I remember there was two of them that while I was entering CrossFit that kind of left a mark and it wasn't exact workouts. It was, I remember cause I was always pretty good at doing like body weight stuff. I was just doing, well, you same thing you were teaching, like teaching bootcamp, outdoor bootcamp classes kind of deal. Right. And so, but I remember there was one time where we had like a body weight kind of workout and I finished early in the class. And so Katie Hogan at the time was my instructor. This was back in 2012. And she was like, all right, if anybody finishes workout under uh, this like 12 minutes, right? Cause there were still people going, you guys can do a hundred pull-ups for time. Oh gosh. And so here I am like, congratulations, uh, you've earned yourself. <laughs> you know, because pull-ups. a lot of the people that were in that class, like that were finishing this workout in a certain amount of time, like they were the elites or the, more fit people of the group and had been crossfitting for a bit. So she just threw, okay, guys, a hundred pull-ups for time. And so I went up there and took me for, I think I got to like 30 and then I just was like doing doubles and, but I powered through and I was like, Oh my gosh, while they were all finishing in like two, two and a half minutes, three minutes, it took me like seven and a half, eight minutes. And I remember I thought I had rhabdo. I really did. You probably did. I, did. I was like, <laughs> I remember I had an event that I was going to oh for the gosh. next like three, four days. I was walking like I could not straighten out my arms. I was oh literally like, oh, my goodness, this is so bad. That and then when I just got introduced into like barbells in general, like overhead squat, those kinds of things, mm-hmm. those humbled me so fast because mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't even overhead squat like uh, 65 pounds or an empty barbell because of the mobility. Right. Like I'd never been told to overhead squat like random you know like um so that kind of like really really humbled me yeah Mm -hmm. i had my mine real quick i remember my first class i went in uh same sort of thing like i've been doing traditional globo gym stuff right and uh um was in decent shape but had also been recovering from a back injury uh and walked in and i just the only thing i remember about it was that there was a woman in the class who was probably like six or seven months pregnant and i was like well, that, you know, that, that seems weird. First of all, you just don't see that often outside of like a CrossFit gym. But when I saw the workout, I'm like, huh, well, at least, at least there's one person here that I'm going to beat. Cause I was pretty intimidated and she <laughs> smoked me, right? Like I was just laying on the floor halfway through and, and ready to give up. And she's just trucking along and yeah. thought, okay, there's something to this. If, if she's, yeah. if she can at, at, uh, uh, you know, 
crush it like she was doing and I'm just laid out and I'm um, at least five, 10 years younger than her anyway, begin with even before. That. Man, <laughs> double whammy. Double whammy. So I, I left my ego there on the floor and luckily came back. Um, <laughs> but want, want to transition a little bit. Um, Miranda, you have a tattoo on the back of your neck that says fate loves the fearless. Can you explain where the inspiration for that came from? Uh, yeah. So I, in 2012, roughly around the same time that he had rhabdo in his biceps, um, <laughs> I was working at a CrossFit seminar uh, in Southern California. Um, and I, it was when I still lived in Northern California. And at lunchtime at the seminar, I left to pick up the trainer's coffee. And on my way back, turning into the seminar, I was um, T-boned by a car um, going through the same intersection. And car spun around. I was in like a little crappy rental car. All the... Um, you know, airbags deployed and everything. And I was taking an ambulance to the hospital. I had um, neck pain uh, and I, I had just competed in regionals. It was like a month and a half after regionals where I I hadn't qualified for the games. Um, It would be, it would have been really sad if I had, but I hadn't qualified. I, I was close. I was in seventh place at regionals. Um, So I was pretty fit at the time. I had been training a lot. Um, Anyway, long story short, they did not um, give me an x-ray on my neck at the emergency room, even though I was brought in on a spine board with a neck brace and complaining of neck pain. But that's a whole separate topic. Um, two weeks later, the doctor who was casting my hand because my hand was broken, noticed that I was still moving really, really stiff in my neck. And he was like, is your neck still hurt that bad? And I was like, yeah, it's just it's whiplash. And he's like, uh, it's been a long time. So he sent me to get an MRI. MRI showed um, what's called a hangman's fracture, um, which is like an unstable C2 fracture where if I would have like tripped or if I would have been rear-ended or, you know, in if I want to be extreme, sneezed weird or something like that, it could have paralyzed me. Like it was very unstable and I had been walking around like that for like two weeks. So they sent me to an ER. Now I'm back up in Northern California. They sent me to an ER and, and that night I had to have my C2 and C3 um, fused and my, the disc between the two replaced because it was like also completely gone. Um, so yeah, the, the, it says live, fate loves the fear, fearless. Um, a poem written by James Lowell, I think I'm saying that right, is about the Vikings crossing over to the Americas and they're, you know, they're just leaving in these boats and they have no idea where they're going. And he, uh, yeah, it's a quote from that poem that just basically means like, be fearless and fate will be on your side. So I felt that because I was chasing my dream of competing at the CrossFit Games and I was living my life to the fullest is the reason that I had so much muscle, which I was told by the doctors was the because I had so much muscle in my neck, I basically had my own soft collar that I had been wearing mm-hmm. around. Um, and those muscles had tightened up to protect me and it's the reason that I wasn't paralyzed. So yeah, it's unreal. You know, it's like the story is incredible and you, there's a video I'll post in the show notes that you did several years ago talking about it too. And I just wanted to bring it up because, you know, more cops are killed every year in vehicle accidents than we are by suspects. And oh. uh, I don't know how many more than that exponentially face career ending injuries every year. And it's, you know, we spend hours and hours every day driving a vehicle and, often, you know, dangerous speeds and dangerous conditions. And when you drive 100, 200 miles per shift and you're working three, four, five days a week over the course of your career, you're almost guaranteed to get into some kind of accident. And to me, it seems that we often don't think about our fitness um, in that sense as as preventative or protecting us. You know, I I wear body armor every day when I go into work, uh, when I go on patrol anyway. Uh, But we, and and none, most, any cop, any modern cop would never, consider going out without their body armor yet we often um talk ourselves out of the importance of the the muscle fitness and our in our physical fitness to protect us in those other ways you know mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy you know and um one of the things that uh we used to teach at the seminars was kind of this like spectrum where everybody like if you go to your doctor's office they just want you to be normal like middle of the road average but um for us we want to we want to push people further than that uh, because it's, it creates like a buffer really of, you know, the bad things that can happen. And of course, like a car accident to a certain degree is going to injure or kill anyone. Like Mm -hmm. there's there, you know, there's not a lot you can do in some cases, but in my case, having a lot of muscle 
did make a huge difference. Um, or in another case, let's say you've got a guy who's really, really fit and gets injured and is laid up for two months, not able to get out of bed. Him getting out of bed two months later with where he started is going to be a lot better off than somebody who gets injured and is completely out of shape already, then lays in bed for two months. Mm -hmm. This guy is going to be have a whole host of other problems because, you know, he didn't have as much of a buffer between, you know, where he was and and sickness, basically, or or some stuff that's going to take a really long time to get back from. So you take somebody who's super fit, they could lay on the couch for six months and eat nothing but ice cream and they're still going to be more fit than most of the population just walking around because they've built that buffer and it's important and people yeah a lot of times they 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 think of working out as aesthetics only or impressing people in the gym only and have a hard time relating it to real life Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely you know and i think that directly relates to our job and we talk about Often in our community, we talk about the need for physical fitness as part of the presentation you give to the public, right? You look professional, you yeah. act professional, but it's also a, a, a in-shape law enforcement officer is, for lack of a better term, intimidating to a suspect to the More point, yeah. you know, and we don't want to be intimidating, air quotes, to the general public, but it helps protect us because people who are assaultive towards cops will... They have, the FBI has shown that they will evaluate the cop based on their physical fitness and decide I can or cannot take this person. Right. So it transfers to that. That that applies to like just day to day people as well. It applies to, I've thought that as a, from the standpoint of being a woman, I thought that like, you know, I've, I've been pretty confident in plenty of situations where I'm like, ain't nobody's going to try to kidnap me. Like that I'm not going to be the target for most kidnappers or someone trying to like mug someone, mm-hmm. they're going to look at me and be like, Ooh, that looks like more work than it might be worth. <laughs> right. Let me find somebody else. Right. You know, so. you know, you know it's so funny. I mean, speaking of this topic, because recently, uh, since you're an officer and you understand about firearms, since moving to Washington, I just got introduced into firearms hmm. and I went to go buy some and I've been going to the range like twice a week to try to like, you know, because uh, we ha- luckily we're in a bubble here, right? That everything's really close. So I go to the range and then everything, and I'm like looking. I'll be at the range and I'm looking next to me to people that are next to me, and you just have like these extremely out of shape guys like sitting down, <laughs> setting up with their super. Because now that I know how much these guns cost, right? Like the optics themselves cost more than the freaking firearm. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what yeah. the heck? I, I'm just a whole new world that I've kind of introduced myself to and just making sure that, I, again, really sticking true to the basics of this because you can get really out of hand and quick, right? Like how over the top all this is, which is kind of like every world has its people that go over the top with it, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm there and I'm looking at these people. I'm like, you know, if this is your way of feeling like you can defend yourself, only defend yourself, that's not a great way to be living. Because these guys are like extremely unhealthy, dropping clearly some guns with all the optics, five, six grand. Oh, yeah. But they're sitting down looking like slobs. And I'm like, (laughs) let me tell you something, man. If someone takes that gun away from you, what do you have now? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Good luck. Because, you know, you have about 30 seconds of lung capacity in that body. And then you're gassed. And then you can't function and then you can't think you probably wouldn't be able to fire your firearm the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, my goodness, it's insane. Yeah. Like all of that, I'm kind of realizing, you know, jumping into these different worlds a little bit and just like, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, it's just pretty crazy. Yeah, that's the exact same issue in law enforcement we have, too, where and those videos are out there of, of a cop who is maybe less skilled in either hand to hand or going hands on with people or their physical fitness isn't up to par. And mm-hmm. you go, you know, we talk about escalation of force or this continuum and you go from hands on to, uh, you know, intermediate or uh, less lethal types of force to lethal force. And if you don't have the skills, training, knowledge, abilities, and the fitness level to handle those intermediary levels, you go from hands on to lethal real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Yeah. And, and, and bad decisions are made as a result. So mm-hmm. that fitness level, and to me, what street parking or any functional fitness kind of work does that I think the traditional global gym type workouts don't do is they engage that mental aspect of your training as well. And you have, there's a little bit of perseverance and a little bit of, of, uh, 
self-talk and struggle that has to go on in those workouts, you know, especially the longer chipper type workouts. Mm-hmm. And that to me mimics what happens to us in a fight or in a stressful situation. You know, when I'm running 135 miles an hour to like an officer down call or officer needs assistance call and um, my heart rate's up and I am getting my tunnel vision and I have to think clearly and I have to act clearly. And as a supervisor, I have to give instructions to other people clearly. That's similar to me. That it's It's almost... Like I say, it gets mimicked in some of those workouts where you have to continue to keep your head about you while you're breathing hard and you're moving. And so the training to me is directly applicable to our job in that sense, too. You know, it's, it's been yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, learning how to control your breathing mm-hmm. and learning how to when you're your getting body. too close to red line type pace and and how to control that and how to dial it back. That's a skill that you have to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, and the reason why everyone has a funny first workout story is because we came into it without that skill right. and just like, you know, ha- just exploded. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's a skill that takes that takes practice and focus and and knowing I mean, I can get both of us now, I can get pretty uncomfortable and still function, Mm -hmm. but I know like where that line is where I'm like, okay, if I cross this line, it's like I've gone too far and there's no return from there. So learning where that is and pushing how far it is too is, is so important, especially for you guys with your job for sure. Um, You know, I only have a couple of questions left for you guys. I know we got a little bit of time, um, but I'd be, uh, my audience would be upset if I didn't ask Colleen what have you purchased or what are you carrying or what are you enjoying on the range right now? <laughs> so Keep I kinda, in mind that he had no guns three months ago. I, <laughs> I kind of ran with it because I got pretty excited and I had to slow myself down just like being realistic. And um, so I started off with like a trio because my friend took me. He's like, they're going to change the laws in January 1st. You better go get your <laughs> firearms. And I was like, we all have that friend. All right, fine. All right. He's like, you don't. I was like, what are the laws that they're changing? He's like, I don't know, but they're going to change them. So you better be safe and sorry. <laughs> so it originally started with home protection. So I ended up getting a, a Glock 45, which just came out recently. So it was kind of like a good intro. And then he's like, you should get a shotgun. I was like, okay, fine. So I got a Mossberg shotgun, like a semi-auto. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little, not so long. So that way Miranda or myself can use it um, and in, in the house if needed. Um, and then also um, I picked up a, a SIG uh, MCX. Um, so that was like my first purchase. And then I got, I got the little bug once I started going to the range. So then I went back and, uh, I picked up, uh, another, so now I have two Glock 19s, a Glock 45. <laughs> the, I bought a, wait, you CF- have two Glock 19s? I have two Glock Why? 19s because one for upstairs and one for downstairs. <laughs> He's not going to argue with me. <laughs> but so I have two Glock 19s, a Glock 45. I have a CMMG Banshee, that nine millimeter, like uh, one that's Glock compatible mags. Uh, I know, I know. And uh, so yeah, that's what I have. I have six now. So you and basically you basically started with three gun competition right then and there with the MCX and the. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I had no idea. So here's a funny story about that. We're at the gun store, and my friend's like, "You should get an AR." And I was like, "Why? Why do I need one?" You don't know if they're going to ban them. Because they're fun. (laughs) And I was like, I'm trying to like wrap my head around this purchase. And so they're showing me like intro level ARs. And they're like, but look, you look, just you have to get at least a medium, like uh, in the medium tier. So, you know, it's going to last you a long time. And SIG's a great brand. So then I was like, you you should text Castro because, me, you know, we talked to Dave. Mm -hmm. So I text Castro. I was like, hey, what's your recommendation on an AR? So he sends me like the top of the line, like five grand. I'm like, right. no, I'm not going to buy a Ferrari for my first car. And then my friends <laughs> try, like saying no. So we went to the medium one that I knew was going to be like, I don't have to buy another one ever again yeah. with the amount of purpose I have for it. So I feel like that was, that was now that I'm into it. I'm glad that I have that one. Cause I, now that I've shot all of them, mm-hmm. I've kind of grown more favorable towards handguns as opposed to like ARs and stuff. Um, because so, realistically, my lifestyle, I don't need multiple ARs. I don't need multiple shotguns. I'm not going out hunting. I'm not going out this. I'm not going out that. It's literally for like day-to-day usage, you know. And so, um, but yeah. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a solid gun. I, I used to carry the Glock 19 on duty myself. I, I like SIGs. But uh, um, yeah. Yeah, great. And well, Miranda, is, uh, do you have any experience with firearms? Or is this new to you with him dragging you along? <laughs> <laughs> I've... 
I have some experience. Like I've been shooting. Okay. Um, when I was working for for CrossFit, I I spent a lot of time at military bases. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. I, most of the shooting we would do would, is as a crew, we would go to like the gun range or I grew up in Utah. So a lot of people there are hunters. So I've shot like clay pigeons and stuff like that with shotguns yeah. and things. Um, but I have not been a part of, I've not been to the gun store. Let me put it that way. With him. <laughs> well, he's got yeah. an extra Glock 19 laying around if you need one. Yeah. yeah we'll go. He's going to take me so that I can learn how to shoot whichever one is the most appropriate for me but um yeah i'll definitely yeah. know you know i went deep into like researching and educating <laughs> myself as much as possible like i took one-on-one classes to how to shoot the shotgun how to shoot the ar and so i can get the functionalities down mm-hmm. and then i just go twice a week for like 30 40 minutes uh to the gun range to just reps like literally and it's not just because i'm noticing that going there people will just blaze through ammunition but i'm not i'm like no like i'm the kind of person that's like a two-round mag release shoot two more rounds in the mag right and right. constantly the release the insert the chain you know just con- you know that whole process over multiple multiple reps mm-hmm. as opposed to just going there without a purpose um so again but that's also applying my athlete mentality to this realistic situation and what is realistic because you I mean you see i i kind of mentor all the time when i go super deep into watching these videos i'm like i'm getting actually really annoyed about how over the top these people are with how much they're investing in these firearms and like they're preparing for the zombie apocalypse like no other, but it's like they're probably going to die of diabetes before a zombie apocalypse <laughs> happens. Like it, it, like I get like such an anger yeah. because they're so over the top mm-hmm. and they're just taking these tactical courses and don't get me wrong. I'm all, if you have a firearm, you better know how to use that freaking thing. Right. right. Don't be an idiot, especially like nowadays with like how people are just, you know, obviously it's a very debatable thing, but just be as know your firearm, mm-hmm. right? And um, if in, be realistic about situations, uh, put yourself through some of those situations where, like, yeah, you're not always going to be at a range situation where you have something that's 15 yards in front of you and it's not exactly, moving, right? Yeah. Like the, sometimes you might have to, you know, get out of a positioning. Uh, hey, jack your heart rate up a little bit. So uh, there's still definitely a time and a place for that, but people get too carried away over that as well. It's like are you, you're training like you're a seal, right? but you're a civilian. And to me, I'm just kind of like, it's not a mentality that I kind of, as an officer, you guys, that's your, you guys' job, but for the <sighs> everyday civilian, I don't want to walk around thinking like danger is going to happen. Right. It, it's not, it's not a good, it's not a good. No, they're right. very par- paranoid. Oh, they're so paranoid. Like, yeah. I'm like, what did you do to get you to this point? Like it's, it's the media. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, I see the same thing. I get frustrated with it because like you say, vast majority of gun owners are, you know, home defense or self defense or family defense. And, but they'll, they'll blaze through three magazines in a, sh- in a shooting move. And it's like, you know, like, like they've watched John Wick one too many times, but God, I know, I know. Not that I don't love that movie. I love it. I love it yeah. too, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like I have, I have tactics and techniques I need to practice because of the environment I work in, but I have a special environment. I don't go out and assault buildings like SEAL Team Six, right? I have we have different <laughs> styles. I have different equipment, um, and I'm just thinking in my own head of a guy at my range who you know shows up looking like he just dropped off a Blackhawk, and you know fast roped into the range, and he's all kitted up, and you ask him what he does, and you know he's an accountant or whatever, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, and it doesn't apply. It's the same as our fitness. It doesn't apply to the his needs. It's cool. Exactly. He looks awesome. He could Photoshop into him, himself into a, a photo of something, but, but reality is it's going to, if he needs it, it's going to be middle of the night. He's going to be absolutely terrified because someone's breaking into his house. He's going to be adrenaline and he's going to be shaken. And that's what you need to be preparing with. And that's how you need to be practicing, right? Yep. Exactly. Yep. All right. So I have one last question uh, and then I'll let you guys go. You've been so gracious with your time, but um, it's on this topic really, but you both openly support military and first responders and you provide a significant discount. At, at street parking to our population, and thank you for that. Um, there are plenty of special populations out there or, or, or causes to pick up, though, out there to support. Why is it important for you to support first responders like this? Um, I think it goes back to, again, my time that I've uh, I got I had the opportunity to go to many military bases, including one in Iraq and one in Afghanistan when I was coaching with CrossFit. Um, and specifically deployed soldiers, um, 
need this programming because they their equipment is almost nothing and they need to be fit. And even if it's just the community that makes them feel like there's a little piece of home there with them still doing these workouts, that's that would that's awesome. I know a lot of our um, military guys will their wives that are at home um, are also street parking members. So they're sharing that together. Hey, did you do the workout today? How did it go? And that's like a shared experience that they can have when they're deployed. Um, but you guys are busy. You guys have families and you guys are it's your job to protect us. Um, it's a thankless job. Police officers, especially nowadays, it's like the disrespectful things that people love to, you know, throw at you guys when all you're trying to do is really protect us. And um, there's a lot of other things you guys could be out there doing that would make you more money and definitely get you more, make you more friends sometimes, but somebody has got to do it and you put your lives on the line to do it. And we just want to provide a tool and, um, and uh, give you a little bit of a discount because we appreciate you. And I, yeah. that's it. It's like people don't appreciate first responders until they get put in a position where they immediately appreciate them. <laughs> yes. Right. And that's the thing that, um, that saddens me is that, well, like any community, whether it be sports or any, anything, right? There's always going to be the bad representation of the people in that community. Sure. And unfortunately, those are the things that people, especially nowadays, love to highlight, you mm-hmm. know? So. Um, it's, it, it's unfortunate. Um, but we know the value, like people, like the communities for what the, the, they're good for. And, um, you guys are there. Yeah. Protecting our lives. You know, it's just not a daily reminder for people unless, like I said, until people actually experience, Oh, Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, yeah, yeah we, we're huge supports uh, of all first responders, mm-hmm. well, supporters. Yeah, we appreciate that support. And also, thank you for your time today, uh, this great conversation. Um, where can people learn more about street parking and follow you both on social medias and learn more about what you guys are out there doing? Yeah, so the website is uh, streetparking.com. We have a Facebook page, um, which is street parking, and mm-hmm. Instagram is just at street parking. Um, I'm at Fearless Miranda and he's at 009 Julian on Instagram. Julian with a J, by the way. That's, yes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, that's us. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll put all that in the show notes too. So people can, uh, can link up and follow those things if they're out on patrol right now or, or driving and can't look you up right now. They can go to the show notes at the squadroom.net and pick those up. And I'll say too that there are a lot of first responders in that Facebook community and, and um, they started their own page. Yeah. I know they did. <laughs> it's, and it's fun to interact with them and, and see others out there getting after it on their days off or after a long shift and, and still, you know, working to be that one day, one day stronger. So thank you both for your time today and uh, I wish you both continued success. Appreciate that. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for being a member of the community. No, my, it's been, it literally has been my pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. It's torn down a lot of the walls of excuses to, yeah. you know, like, well, I, you know, when I said I left my gym and then uh, was, you know, kind of kicking around weights at a regular gym and then, uh, you know, it gave me a good excuse to clean out my garage and put all that stuff back into use. And then, you know, it's really it's been great. So, uh, I, again, I'm a huge fan of the program and what you guys are doing. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Squadron. I truly believe in the product that they are putting out and the community they're growing. It is something I've been using. And I've had other programs on and some of them work. And in fact, I'm going to go back and experiment again with one of them. Uh, I've had other programs on. I like them for various reasons. I like the intensity and the, the, the options or the, the variety behind something like Mountain Training Institute. Uh, Mountain Tactical Institute, uh, or RP strength, but for day to day, just making sure you get something in, you get in a good workout. I haven't found anything that's better than street parking. So I really do endorse it wholeheartedly. If you liked this episode, please consider leaving a review on the podcast player of your choice. It helps us uh, grow the show and reach more people. If you think someone else would like to listen to this episode, you can go to the squadroom.net and to the, uh, to this episode and share this episode. You can email it. You can put it on your socials. You can do all sorts of things with it to uh, share this with people you think need to hear this. You can also just grab their phone out of their hand and make them subscribe, and that'd be fantastic. But speaking of subscription, if you're not subscribed to the show, please 
subscribe on the player of your choice and you'll be updated with every new episode automatically. It's like that easy. All right. This is really a show about first responder fitness and all of the ways that we try to stay fit mentally, emotionally, spiritually, etc. And so much of that comes from our physical fitness and our ability to do our jobs and being in alignment with our beliefs and our actions. And street parking is really helpful for me on that D in badges, the discipline, helping me stay disciplined about my working out, which I am probably more disciplined about working out than I'm about my nutrition. So that's what I got to get really dialed in. But, you know, it's all it's all part of that same uh, same thing. The idea of badges our beliefs, actions, discipline, goals, emotions and service. So if you have a question, you want to reach out, you can join our Facebook group. You can search the Squad Room podcast group on Facebook and you can join the podcast there where we have some discussions uh, in person or I mean online in person. Or if you have a question, you want to reach out to me, Garrett, two R's, two T's at the net. I answer all my emails uh, as long as it didn't get to spam and I missed it. Uh, but I get those and I, I do uh, absolutely everything I can to respond to everybody as well. All right. I also want to thank Ranger Up for their support of the show. Ranger Up Clothing, you get 10% off by using the code The Squad Room on their website. A lot of good t-shirts. Uh, I'm marking a few new ones right now and I'll post some of those up. All right. Until next time, take care of each other and stay safe. <laughs>